Welcome to the Recover Together podcast brought to you by Seven Oaks District Council. The aim of the podcast is to highlight the challenges faced by both businesses and the voluntary sector, especially in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, and especially how these challenges may be overcome. As you listen in each episode, you'll hear from a different business and voluntary sector organisation, although today is slightly different, I will reveal in a second, with each of them discussing their circumstances. Now, not all of it will be relevant to you, but the aim is that something of what you said and shared will be. And the plan of the podcast is to keep it fairly informal, but being mindful that the goal is to help share, spark thought and ideally encourage collaboration. As to me, my name is Chris Murphy and I'll be your host. My day job is as the speaking mentor where I help people give more engaging and effective presentations. But my role here is to host the podcast and make it easy for our guests. Think of me as like the landlord in your local pub, hosting an interesting, alcohol-free, informative chat. With that in mind, who are our guests this week? Well, today I'm joined by Julie Phillips, who is the CEO of Seven Oaks and District Chamber of Commerce, and Angela Painter, who is the chair of Seven Oaks District Voluntary Sector Forum. So, hello, Julie. Hello. And hello, Angela. Hello. So you occupy a slightly different position, respectively, with regards to the roles that you're in. What I thought we'd do is just throw it over to each of you, first of all, just to help the listeners understand a little about what you do. So I'll come to you first, Julie, and then you, Angela. And again, if you can just brief us on the sort of things that your role entailed before COVID-19, and especially if that role has changed in the midst of what we've gone through in the last number of months. Julie. Hi, yeah, well, I run the local Seven Oaks and District Chamber of Commerce. We run a networking group, um, a business networking group in Seven Oaks, Swanley and Westrum. And prior to COVID-19, we ran a very vibrant and, and, and very relaxed networking meetings in different locations throughout the district. And we were known for having sort of large networking meetings, sometimes up to sort of 80 to 100 people in a room. For us, we had to really change everything overnight and turn onto an online platform where we have been supporting, continuing to support our businesses in an online capacity and to make sure that our businesses know where to get support, where to get help and also to really encourage the community to support each other, which mm. has been uh, really successful over the last few months. You talk about support for the businesses. How does the Chamber support businesses? Well, that's a really good question because I feel like it's changing weekly, if not daily, because really we're responding to what's happening in the outside world. In the very early days, it was all about furlough, trying to understand what furlough was, trying to help our businesses look at where they could get funding, where they could get help. Then we started looking at, for those businesses that perhaps were a little quiet or were closed, how they could use their time effectively to improve their business, to improve their business practices. Now, really, we're looking much more at recovery. The demands on business owners, the demands on people who are running their own business and really looking to help them through webinars, through, we are doing, we are still running networking sessions, but they are online. And really to introduce as many online services where businesses just can get information and help from other businesses from within the community. And we're really encouraging that. That's great. Well, we, there's a number of those 
aspects there we'll come back to. But, but Angela, just over to you. Tell us a little bit more about the Voluntary Sector Forum and yourself. What, what does your role entail within that? And, and, and especially if that's changed in the last number of months. Well, I suppose just to pick up something, just listening to Julie, I'm already sensing there are huge similarities, actually, between local businesses and what they've been facing and what the charity sector, the voluntary sector, have been going through. Um, but yes, I, I fairly recently retired from my full-time role in the charity sector, and I was asked by Seven Oaks District Council if I would take on the role of chair of the Seven Oaks District Voluntary Sector Forum partly because they knew me well and they knew I'd now got a bit of time on my hands and they told me it would be two or three meetings a year. This was in February. Sorry. I, sh I, shouldn't, I shouldn't laugh. Very, very manageable and I accepted that role. I have to say the, the forum has been around for a long time and it's always been there really as a, a forum that's owned by the members and there are over 300 voluntary sector organisations across Seven Oaks District. Obviously not all of them are members of the forum, but many of them have been or still are. And it's always been there as a kind of mutual support, offering information, guidance and, and, a, and a networking opportunity. Mm. But the reality is it had lost quite a lot of momentum over the last couple of years. And so with the the council officer, we were looking at relaunching in a very big way to make it you know, revitalised and re-energised. And we had sorted out the, what the meeting was going to be like, and then COVID. So all those plans kind of went, went by the way, but we very quickly realised that there was an even more desperate need really for support, information, training. And so we started weekly Zoom meetings. Mm -hmm. um, but asking the forum members very much, you know, this is your forum, what would really help you most at this very unusual, unexpected time? I had two questions on the back. The first one was in relation to membership, where you said there's you know, 300 plus voluntary sector organisations with, within the area, but not all of them are members of the forum. Has membership gone up in, in wake of? Yeah, it has definitely. It doesn't mean that everyone can obviously be present and attend the Zoom meetings for a variety of different reasons, um, but it means we're gathering that information and people are joining what we call the directory so that we can share information across the sector and across the di district. Mm. And when you asked your members what they needed, what were the answers that were coming back? So a, a little bit like Julie was saying with the business sector, people are wanting some help to understand the guidance from the government as it comes mm. through and changes almost by the day, but also kind of just to be able to connect with one another because of course there's different resources in different places and realising that somebody has already thought of a solution to a particular problem and being able to share that amongst themselves was really of huge benefit. And I think that when you were talking, just as you were saying that, sorry, and I was reflecting on some of the conversations we had in previous episodes, is about that that almost hub of information or not having to reinvent the wheel each time. And, and I'm guess because things have been changing so rapidly in the last number of months that it, it is difficult to keep on top of those. Just coming back to you, Julie, how are you disseminating that, that information? How, how are people engaging to get that? Well, we are encouraging our members to keep an eye on our website. So we're putting a lot of effort into keeping our website up to date and keeping information on the website 
site. We also have a LinkedIn group, which is just for members only, so they can talk to one another outside of meetings, which is very useful. Something that we've recently stopped doing, but was very, very popular early on, was our chamber coffee and chat on Tuesday morning which, you know, when we all went into lockdown and it was all a bit of a shock and that kind of lack of of contact, Mm. that was a really important thing to do. It was just an opportunity to come on and share and talk. It didn't matter if the dog was barking in the background. It didn't matter if you had a child clinging to your lap. And, And that was really, really powerful and really great to see so many people engaging in that. We've moved on from that now, partly because people are, you know, a lot of businesses are now back into full on recovery and that perhaps, well, until last week wasn't seen as as such a need. But if we are going into another lockdown, that would definitely be something I would consider doing again. One one thing that again, just recalling conversations from from previous episodes, sometimes the things that really help people in terms of understanding this and, and seeing the impact for themselves on engaging some of these services, is sort of stories or examples. And I just would throw it out there. I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. If there's any particular stories or examples that you can think of where someone has either been in trouble or engaged with your services, and they've either been able to make connections or accessing some of that information, which has really transformed things, being mindful as well of confidentiality. I don't know if there's any examples that spring to mind. I can can give you some examples. I mean, we've had some of our um, businesses who have needed professional support. We have been able to put them on to other members who have offered that free of charge Mm. throughout this time, which has been really valuable to um, a number of, of businesses. And we've also had some brand new businesses who have, out of lockdown, they have started their new business. They have decided that the corporate world isn't for them. And very quickly, we've been able to connect them with some really good partners. And we've been mindful of those startups that we really want to help them get going quickly. So we've looked, we look very hard at being able to make those connections with them. And and that's been great. Which I'm guessing is at the heart of the chamber full stop with regards to networking and resourcing each other. Yeah, absolutely. And we always say to our members, the more we know about you and what way, you know, the direction that your business is going in, the more we can help you make those connections. So uh, it's easy to to help make those connections when you understand a bit about what, you know, people are, are, what they're either struggling with or where they are with their business at that time. That's brilliant. Thanks for that, Julie. Angela, I don't know if you've got any that's Yeah, well, mind. again, it just obviously it triggers thoughts, doesn't it? But, I, you know, when I was thinking about doing this podcast, the three words that keep coming up for me is connect, connect and connect. Because that's, that's fundamentally what we do as the forum, but mm. it also needs to be broader than that to make it really meaningful and, and to make the biggest or have the biggest impact. One of the things that a number of our members of the forum have struggled with is the digital side of things. Mm. Um, Whether that's in the way that they're delivering the services. For instance, I'm a trustee of a domestic abuse charity. Now suddenly they had to change from face-to-face support meetings to online. And actually in that kind of setting, there are all sorts of risks and vulnerabilities. Yes. Or calling someone it actually might be the perpetrator of domestic abuse who gets yes. the phone and oh, you've got all sorts of issues there. So we were able to connect people to, to look at those kind of risks, think about governance issues, the whole privacy aspects, 
Mm. So it was useful to uh, say connect people to be able to help think through some of those issues and what the way around it. Um, we also had somebody who was able to to offer um, digi digital ex inclusion training for some of the services. So if you've got people with learning disabilities or physical disabilities who were finding accessing Zoom meetings extremely difficult or people with financial difficulties who couldn't automatically have laptops available and broadband available, etc. Those kind of things, making connections, a very practical thing as well, again, actually with the domestic abuse charity, but also with others, which is legal support. And we've had legal firms that have offered their skills and expertise for free, which has wow. been so again, knowing where the skills and the knowledge and the expertise is and connecting different members. And that's where we get on to the bit of how valuable it is to think not just of the voluntary sector, to think about how you can make connections across different sectors, mm. public sector and private and the voluntary. Which the aim of the podcast certainly was to highlight the examples from business sector and the voluntary sector, but ideally that with that collaboration to, to try and engender that in an ongoing way. With that in mind, from the things that both of you have said, Julie, just coming back to you, if we look into the future, do you think that some of that goodwill and that collaboration was brought about simply by you know, the desperation of the situation? Or do you think it will carry on into the future? Do you think some foundations have been laid that will go forward? I mean, I think it's always been there. We've always found that our business community are very supportive mm. anyway of the voluntary sector, of supporting charities. It's definitely something that we as a chamber try to promote and try to help make those engagements anyway. But definitely uh, there has been more of that. There's been more emphasis on that during this period. And I do think that it, it will stay. And I do mm. think that, you know, this kind of collaboration and support of one another is here to stay. I, I really do. And I think it's a really positive thing. And we have just seen so many people, you know, coming to us to say, look, we're here to help. If you need it, please, you know, feel free to, to put members our way. So that's, you know, the challenge for us is to, to how we really communicate that and make sure that our members get access to what's available. And how do you currently communicate to your members? Well, we do obviously traditional email, but we also do a very, in, uh, a very popular blog page, uh, which when you when we create a blog, it basically um, comes as a pop up on our members um, screen. So it's very well read and it's it's very good. And that's a good way of being able to get new information, offers, brand new products, new menus, whatever it might be. That's a really good way. And, and then it stays on our website for anybody to see. We have recently launched a finder service on our website. So we're hoping that the sort of general public can go on and say if they want a particular business service, they can put in and that gives us an opportunity to then respond um, and divert them to our members who are able to help. We have also launched a podcast series. So we've put our first one out, which again is a way to help our members promote themselves. We're just constantly looking at new mm. ways of engagement, really. Thanks for that. And 
and I guess the the way things are at the moment, it's evolving each week and you're responding to the members. And so many things have started up as a result of this that hopefully will continue to pay dividends in the future. For you, Angela, just coming back to that question that I asked Julie with regards to what do you think within the Voluntary Sector Forum will be the ongoing legacy of the things that you've put in place? Do you think those collaborations will continue? Yeah, absolutely. Because again, you know, I, I attended um, a programme a while back called Common Purpose, which was bringing together people from all these different sectors mm. and actually really realising where there are the same difficulties, where there are the same um, issues going on, that actually you then have a common purpose. And you, by bringing, bringing people together and connecting it, you, it's, yes. it's so powerful, really, really powerful. So, you know, if I think about infection control, now it's not just the NHS business. This is, this is all of us have got to think about how on earth are we going to return to offices? How are we going to deliver services with infection control in our minds? Yeah. And also the realisation that there's no, not going to be any kind of quick fix. This is about long-term sustainability. Um, and if we can work together on that, then it, then it really is going to make a, a, a big, big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the things for us has been one of the positives is, is the number of people who have realised that there are needs, even in an area like Seven Oaks District, which does obviously have its affluent areas as well. Mm. Actually, affluence doesn't take away that you might suffer from mental health difficulties or mm. even financial difficulties in these kind of situations and physical illness. So they affect everybody. And of course, we do have some real areas, pockets of deprivation across Seven Oaks District. So just the fact that people have realised that and that we do have food banks and we need food banks mm. in an area like Seven Oaks. And also because there's been so many new pe people volunteering, they've realised that there are so many charities and community groups out there mm. where people have that um, real interest or passion about a particular area. They can find a match with an organisation that gives them huge benefit as well as them being able to offer something um, around their knowledge base and experience. Stephen, who's in charge of Compaid, he was on one of the previous episodes, and he said that the demand on his service and, and other charities and other organisations asking them to help because of the specialisms that they've got, that's immediately sprung to mind, as you said that, and they're just overwhelmed at the moment. And there's a, a call out on that episode for, again, people to help because then it's servicing that need, as you say. I'm just going to take a slightly... But that just just to pick up on that, you know, that very early on, that was one of the key issues, as I said, that came up about digital exclusion. Yes. And Stephen from Compaid was able to offer a whole session at one of our weekly Zoom meetings, which, as I say, we kind of assume it might be particular groups like the elderly or but we realised it was an issue for so many across the sector. And that issue that, again, you've mentioned and came up in the episode with Stephen is about that digital divide where... The assumption, I, I guess, for many is, oh, we'll just go online. And for there's a, there's a great proportion who either have no knowledge of, of how to do that. They don't have the equipment. They don't have the finances. And especially if people who have potentially learning difficulties or mental illness, you've got a whole host of factors that stack against them, which only contribute potentially, I guess, towards social isolation. Well, we kind of make all sorts of assumptions, don't we, in our world today. But it's a reality. Mm, and it's really mm. to make sure people can be involved and engaged, we need to think 
for solutions for that. Mm. I'm going to throw a curveball question in just before we look at some of those solutions and the lessons learned from, for both of you. Is how are you both surviving in all of this? Because especially for you, Angela, this is a new role that was two to three meetings a year. But the demands on your service and for you, Julia, how are you both bearing up under the strain, Julie? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I actually had a week away last week. And I hadn't realized how much I needed a break. Mm. <laughs> and it has been, you know, really full on. Um, it has been, you know, some of the things that, just to put it into perspective, some things that we had been planning to do really over the course of the year, we turned around in the space of a week. Wow. So, you know, there, there are two ways of looking at it. One is that actually you can do a lot more than you think you can. And it can happen when, you know, when you need to make it happen. Um, and secondly, it, do, it does sort of, you know, tell its toll on you. And I, mm. I think, you know, where we are now, it's, it's just trying to sort of simplify the service and make sure that we're offering things that are valuable and not doing too much. Mm. I think when you suddenly go from, you know, one type of business to a completely online business, it's very easy to get carried away and keep doing more and more and different new things. Uh, where you're just diluting what you're doing. So we're very much, you know, into the, the situation there where we're really, you know, talking to our members to find out what is useful, what what can we do to help them survive and help yeah. them, um, you know, uh, basically get back on track with their business. Angela, how about you? <laughs> it links really as well to how the whole forum has developed because I think all of us kind of went into flight and fight mode when mm. when all first happened this was an emergency situation all our members kept saying nobody had trained me in this you know where's the instruction manu manual for a pandemic well it isn't out there um so there was a tendency to rush into things um you know i think we did rush into this weekly zoom meetings thinking that's the thing that would help and i think it did at the beginning but of course that's the time and energy investment for our members as well as well as for me uh, um, so it's kind of the realization for me that it's really important not to keep just responding instantly but taking a bit of time to stop uh, and reflect and think what's really going to be the most useful thing to be doing which is why we have now moved to fortnightly and we will move to monthly meetings because that's actually in reality what people can cope with and mm -hmm. have energy for. Um, for me personally, it's it's been a real opportunity actually to review what do I find meaningful and purposeful and what where am I really, where do my interests lie uh, and what do I want to be doing in the future? Because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm actually not someone that kind of is used to sitting around and I have to say, in all my retirement, I don't think I've been bored for a second. So there's plenty to get involved with who uh, out there, but it's finding what is it that's energizing for me personally, uh, what works I've discovered running, um, which okay. we've got a fantastic, beautiful environment around here. We're incredibly fortunate for that. So that works for me. It won't work for everybody. And we mentioned, before we started going live on the podcast, I have grandchildren and puppies, which certainly keep me extremely active. <laughs> um, but it's good. It, it's great. Um, but it does take time to, to recognise that this is 
can be draining. It can mm. be tapping of all of your energy. And, um, you know, how are you going to keep those, that energy level up? Because you've got to, it's about being able to stay, you know, physically well, mentally health, mentally well, and being able to be resourced such that you can make those decisions. And obviously with walking the dog and going, doing your running and duly your week off, it, it's about that that core lesson or that that foundation there is about having some space to be able to make decisions if you're knackered all the time and just working 24 7 you can't make good decisions and i'm guessing for members that's a a fairly obvious thing to say it's kind of easy to say and sometimes tough to put in place but it is but it is crucial to have that self-awareness of what works for you because what works for somebody might not work for you but but i found a lot of the kind of directors ceos of charities and community groups there's that sense i've got to keep going i've got to keep mm. redoing my risk assessment i've got to keep reviewing the business plan and keep on keeping on and as you say the danger in that is you can run yourself into the ground and mm. one of the things people have been facing is not only anxiety but but sickness too amongst volunteers and staff taking that point then if we think back over the past six months julie what sort of things have we learned well i think you know not to underestimate the power of a network Mm. Uh, it's amazing how people have pulled together Uh, we angela and i have met for the first time during the pandemic and discovered immediately that there were lots of synergies between what we do and how we can work together in the future i think to to really keep that community spirit going Mm. i think that if if everything works out as we expect it to work that perhaps london isn't such an attractive place to be anymore and that there'll be more people moving out to the suburbs that should hopefully give us a, a more vibrant local high street and i think you know to 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 just keep pushing that local community and buy local be local you know support local i think from what I'm experiencing anyway, that that's something that we've all learned to value a little more. And um, let's hope that that long continues. Just as a, before I come to you, Angela, on that, with regards to what you just said there, Julie, I'm wondering if there is almost more of a recognition of the responsibility people have in solving their own problems. It's not that someone else is going to solve it for them, because in this situation, there's been so much need and people saying, what do we do? And it's, that, that resourcefulness. I'm wondering if there's a, an ongoing element of that that will be a legacy as well. I think so. I think it has you know, pushed people to, to do things that they perhaps wouldn't have done before, that yeah. challenged them in their business practices and what they've needed to do. And uh, you know, it's really put you know, people out of their comfort zone completely. Mm. And, and for some, you know, it has been the challenge that they have been able to fulfill. And mm. that's quite rewarding. And I think that that's something that, um, you know, definitely will come out of this that we're, you know, certainly for me personally, I, you know, will be probably a, a little more eager to, to change and do things. And we have, we've seen this literally, you know, from week to week, really, things that would have normally taken us months to implement, we, yeah. we're just getting on with it now. We're yeah. just doing it and just changing things as we go and responding you know, we're not thinking about it too deeply. We're responding to here and now. And I, I think that's important. And that comes back to a conversation we've had previously, Angela, about that agility, that being able to just respond and change and then and then test and review and evaluate rather than yeah. death by committee, I guess. 
Yes, it's, it's amazing, isn't it, how bureaucracy can suddenly be moved aside in order to, to allow things to happen. And I, I've got a history in the NHS. Well, you know, you need at least 10 meetings before you can make any kind of decision about anything. However, having said all that, I come back to what I said previously, that there has been a bit of a tendency to just immediately react. And that hasn't always been as helpful as it perhaps could have been. So that bit about just just stop for a moment uh, and think and plan, then do, get on with it um, and review, I think, as you've just said, Chris, because I'm just thinking, you know, we did have a fantastic response in terms of what I would call community action. People queuing up to help deliver shopping and get medications. Yeah. But there are some dangers in that. You know, people doing that for very vulnerable people and transferring money backwards and forwards, um, people collecting medications. Well, if, if you're addicted to prescription medication, that's not terribly helpful. So mm. we needed to just stop for a moment and make sure we'd put some safeguards in and to manage that process well to make sure that, that people kept safe. And we had some kind of what I would call governance around that. And for it, just hearing that in terms of accessing that that wisdom, but was that through wider discussions? Was that governance meetings that you you came to those? Oh no, we, we don't do meetings. Maybe a quick coffee and <laughs> let's let's get this sorted. But linking with the local authority because mm. they have got you know a lot of experience and knowledge around this um, with the health organisations, but with businesses. That, that have to think these things through too. Mm, mm. They know how to do these kind of things, whether it's yeah. GDPR or DBS checks, you know, make sure that you're keeping people safe. But just coming back, you know, the other thing for me, the lesson has been, as I have always known and always been shouting about, is the importance of building relationships yeah. with one another. You know, Julie mentioned she and I met for a coffee. For me, that's the way to do it. You get mm. to know one another. Yeah, uh, yeah. to realise where the, the synergy is um, and where that can can really become creative mm. uh, and make a difference. Because I guess ultimately businesses are just people. Businesses are people and charities are businesses. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you yes. know, they, they've got to be financially sustainable, they've got to be viable, yeah. you know, need to have business plans, etc. And they need their customer base in that sense. They need yeah. their clients or service users um, and they need to be able to service them well. Yeah, Just, one of the things we have done with uh, our charities um, during this time, usually when we have events, we're able to raise some money to support local charities and basically showcase local charities as well it's been a good opportunity when you have these face-to-face -face meetings to do that of course we haven't been able to do that so we've you know really have reached out to our charities to see where we can promote what they're doing i know a lot of them have done some successful online events but again you know that kind of relationship between the business and charities doesn't stop um, we've been encouraging that to to continue yeah, and that's, I mean, I'm sure you're hearing some of the podcasts that fundraising for charities has become a major issue. Yeah. You know, they're not able to hold the same kind of events and people haven't got the same kind of money to be donating to charities. But it's thinking, again, out of the box, thinking things differently, um, that it can be sharing skills. Marketing is something that's 
really needed within many, many charities. So as someone in a business has got some marketing expertise that they can offer, you know, what we call the time bank, you know, give a couple of hours a week and with yeah. the employer able to, to let that person provide that within a work time is hugely valuable. So mm. it doesn't have to be a checkbook mentality. It's actually about building again, long-term relationships that support each the business and the voluntary sector. With, with regards to that then, obviously the, the podcast here is to highlight the, the needs and wants within both the business sector and the voluntary sector. Where going forward, just looking ahead, where do you see that collaboration between the chamber and the voluntary sector coming to sort of greater fruition to allow those connections where businesses can potentially contribute to time banks and so on. How do you, how do you see that working going forward? Well, we, it's something that we've actually been building over the last few years anyway, and I just see that just continuing. Mm. We've had um, some great success with local businesses being involved with charities um, from both sides, the charity offer the local business access to, to, to quite a vast network sometimes and, um, you know, vice versa. And the, the business can offer time or money to the charity. So there's a win-win really on both sides of that. And it's really for us, you know, we've been trying to help our charities and our businesses make those connections and, and have that kind of relationship. And we have had some really great successes. We've had some businesses who have offered to pay membership for charities. We've had some that have you know, given their time to, you know, they've done some team building activities um, around the charities. And for that, really, I think that we will just continue to encourage that as much as we can. And, we, you know, it is about thinking of the forum. So I know Julia has offered for people to come along to some of the forums, whether they're virtual or real. And that's really helpful. Just getting to know one another, as we've said before, at the last voluntary sector forum, we made it a two hour rather than a one hour Zoom meeting and invited Julie and others from the business community to look at how collaboration can be really helpful and valuable. Mm. Um, and so I'd like to see lots more of that, really, just opportunities to, to meet one another. And I think sometimes it can purely be the social side. It might take a little bit of convincing that it's worth the investment in times, in terms of time and energy, but to see the, the benefits of that for both. So, for instance, for the December forum, we're looking to make that purely a kind of uplifting, you know, to be authentic still, say this is tough. We're going to have to face lots of more changes, difficult regulations that we're going to have to comply with but actually there are some good news stories there are some really uplifting things happening out there and to bring that together and if we can share that with the business community that that would be fantastic that sounds great and i think those those uplifting stories that it's not to paint a, a picture of hope where there isn't some or, or but but it, it, you need those yeah. opportunities you need to hear those to just think oh yes someone's doing that and and ideas can be generated from those as well people yeah. can just draw parallels Thanks. Yeah, just to give a little example again, at one of the forums at the end, again, it was virtual, but a performance by a band that brings together professional musicians, but also those who've been referred by health, social care. And that was just, I mean, it was, it was brilliant. It was just so uplifting and inspiring. And that is about bringing people from different sectors with, with different needs and with different talents and gifts to share together. That's great. 
That's brilliant. Thank you for that. Just aware of time, we need to start to to draw towards a close. I just wanted to make one comment that from the previous episodes, there are themes that have often developed. And one of the themes from a prior episode was about leadership and that communication between the leader and their their employees or, or their service users, not sorry, service users, but their, their volunteers. And another one was about that communication from the organization down to their, their customers and their their users. And ironically with this one, it's it's across businesses and the voluntary sector and so on. And the, the common theme that just runs through as you will absolute delight in no doubt, Angela, is that speaking to each other, forming connections and, and understanding that common purpose, I guess, to an extent from to bring back those words that you said earlier, that facilitate those discussions and facilitate, you know, business an exchange of services for the mutual benefit of everybody and, and that has just come out so strongly from all of the conversations and I think that's kind of the, for me the lasting testament from from all the discussions yeah. we've had so far with a few still to go. Yeah. Which... It's breaking down those barriers mm. uh, as we've said assumptions that can be made out there. Yeah. At the end yeah. of the day we're all people and yeah. actually kindness a little bit of kindness goes a hell of a long way really. Mm. A lesson the world needs to learn. But with regards to just start to draw us to a close, is there anything else that either of you would would want to add? We can we can pop on the podcast episode details, links and things. I know, Angela, you mentioned about the directory earlier. That would be good to to put on there. And I can, Julie, I don't know if there was, again, other things that you might want to, to yeah, add on. You know, to a link to the website mm -hmm. and um, also just to say that if they would like to, if they're a business and would like to attend one of our networking to get in touch, um, that we, you know, as we did with Angela, we offered um, to the voluntary forum for them to attend their first meeting uh, complimentary. Um, so they could just come and try it and see if it if it works for them. Yeah, no problem at all. Angela, anything for you that would help? I think again, it's just the the, the linking up and yep. um, remembering we, we do have somebody within the district council who's just an incredible resource in she can become the channel of offering information out. And from our forum members, it's just keep communicating what would make a difference for them. Cool. So that we can keep adapting and changing the forum to suit the needs of, of members. Brilliant. Thank you both. Thank you for your time today. I'm going to draw us to a close. So just for those that are listening, I just wanted to say you can listen to all our episodes at anchor.fm forward slash recover together and the in the word together, the TO is replaced by number two. And you can find contact details there for, for our guests. I'll post them all up there. And we'll be releasing new episodes on each Monday morning through the end of September and October. So please head over to Anchor to take a look at those. And I just want to close by saying thank you both to Julie and to Angela for your time today. And I am Chris Murphy saying goodbye. Thank you for your ears. And I hope it's been helpful to you. Hopefully see you at the next episode. Goodbye. <laughs>